Our second scripture reading today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. You can find it in your Pew Bibles on page 1502. 1502. Matthew 5, verses 27 through 30. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May the warnings that we have heard sink deep into our hearts. It seemed that as a kid growing up in the 80s that there was always something new coming out. The, that latest fad that would become popular and make someone rich, like the Rubik's Cube or uh, what was that? Simon, where you had to follow the colors. And the, the, these fads, they were particularly true when it came to toys, right? Kids love the newest things. If you were, if you were a boy, there was, there was He-Man, and then G.I. Joe, and Transformers. And for, for the girls, there were Cabbage Patch Kids, and My Little Ponies, and Strawberry Shortcake. Am I bringing back any memories for anybody? <laughs> But there was, there was one fad that, that to many seemed very, very dangerous and something to be avoided. It was a game called Dungeons and Dragons. And my dad in particular, in particular he, he wanted our family to have nothing to do with it. Of course, all of my friends were, were playing this game, so naturally I wanted to as well. But when my dad found out that I was playing with my friends, he put a stop to it quickly. He sat me down and told me that I was forbidden from playing that game. The law was established. And being the dutiful son that I was, I would obey the letter of the law. That being said, my friends and I came up with a solution to my problem. We created a new game. One that mimicked the rules of D&D, &D. but it was set in the world of James Bond instead of fantasy. Rather than slaying dragons and finding treasures, we were assassinating evil dictators and stealing national secrets. Now, in one sense, I was being obedient to my father. I wasn't playing Dungeons and Dragons. But in another sense, I was being disobedient because I didn't obey the heart of his command. I was, I was being sneaky. I, I was bargaining with the law, if you will, figuring out how close I could come to playing Dungeons and Dragons without actually playing it. 
And as we'll see from our text for, for today, this is the nature of sinful man. We like to negotiate with God's law. What can we get away with? And what crosses the line? It's, it's our little way of living a life of sin without feeling the guilt. But before we dig into our text for today, I want to I remind you of where we have been and why Jesus is addressing the topic of adultery. If you recall, Jesus had earlier said that he had not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but he had come to fulfill them. Meaning that all of Scripture points to him and is defined by him. And Jesus also mentioned that to, to find entrance into the kingdom of heaven, one needed a righteousness that surpassed that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. In other words, a, a person cannot be outward focused, trying to, trying to keep the letter of the law and think that that is enough. No. One must also look inward, dealing with the darkness within their own hearts. Now, I have to correct something that I said last week. I mentioned that seven times Jesus would use the phrase, you have heard that it was said, but I tell you, well, I miscounted. It was only six times. Um, but, but the reason he does this is not to change God's law, as if they need fixing. No, what, what he is doing here is giving to his disciples a the proper understanding of what is at the heart of these commands. We saw this last week when Jesus compared murder with, with the anger that comes from within one's own heart. It, it's not enough to avoid the act to not kill a person when a person has hateful intentions that are ling lingering deep within. And we're going to see something very, very similar to that today as we consider our text of Scripture. Look again at Matthew 5, verses 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Here we see Jesus quoting the Old Testament command to not commit adultery. It comes to us from the Ten Commandments, which we, which we read earlier. The, the very commandments that, that God had given to Israel from Mount Sinai. Now, adultery is a specific term dealing with a particular kind of sexual sin. In order for it to be considered adultery, one of the parties involved must already be married. And according to the Mosaic law, this was a heinous crime, a crime worthy of capital punishment. Look at Leviticus 20, verse 10. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. This is a sin that God particularly hates. And this becomes apparent when you read through the prophets of the Old Testament. 
For God symbolically compares the, the wicked idolatry of Israel to that of an adulterous wife. An example of this can be found in Ezekiel 16, verses 32 through 38. You adulterous wife, you prefer strangers to your own husband. Every prostitute receives a fee, but you give gifts to all your lovers, bribing them to come to you from everywhere for your illicit favors. So in your prostitution, you are the opposite of others. No one runs after you for, for your favors. You are the very opposite, for you give payment and none is given to you. Therefore, you prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you poured out your wealth and exposed your nakedness, nakedness and, and your promiscuity with your lovers, and because of all your detestable idols, and because you gave them your children's blood, therefore I am going to gather all your lovers with whom you found pleasure, those you loved as well as those you hated. I will gather them against you from all around and strip you in front of them, and they will see all your nakedness. I will sentence you to the punishment of women who commit adultery and who shed blood. I will bring upon you the blood vengeance of my wrath and jealous anger. Idolatrous Israel is likened to that of an adulterous wife. You see, the, the similarity between idolatry and adultery is evident in the fact that, that they both demonstrate an unfaithfulness to a covenant relationship. And because of this, when adultery is committed, trust is broken and wounds are formed. Wounds that affect more than just the husband and the wife, but, but carry over to the children and to the grandchildren. You see, when a person commits adultery, they have broken a promise on many, many levels. They are sinning against a multitude of people. Now, the, the Jews of Jesus' day, they, they considered adultery to be an act of theft. And yet, they, they didn't necessarily view it from a standpoint of purity. To them, it was just stealing another man's wife. And while this is true, it is not only this. What, what Jesus is doing is demonstrating the true issue at hand, which is lust. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The ESV translates the phrase this way. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This gets us closer to the true meaning. The way the, way, the, way the great Greek actually reads, it should probably be translated as this. And there's good arguments as to why this is. And if you have questions about it, come to me afterwards and ask me. But this is probably how it should be translated. Everyone who looks at a woman so that she lusts. What, what Jesus is getting at here is the type of eye contact that people make when flirting with one another. 
You see this type of thing all the time with, with young singles. There's kind of a, a natural way that people can communicate with one another with their eyes, showing their desire to date one another. It's a sort of uh, sexual tension between the two. And with, with singles, we find this type of thing to be fine and healthy for it's our, it's our subtle way of finding our future spouse. But when a man entices a woman in this way, and at least one of them are, is already married, then Jesus tells us that he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, what, what Jesus is doing here is driving home the point that adultery stems from lustful intent. Just as anger is the seed of murder, lust is the seed of adultery. What Jesus is stating here is that, is that the moment you look at a woman this way, you are guilty of adultery. If she is married, then you have robbed her of her status of being someone else's wife. And if you are married, then you have forsaken your own vows. You don't need to do the, the physical act, for the seeds of adultery are already there. These little things that we do, the, the, the batting of the eye, a, a little touch on the shoulder, a, a compliment that is more than just a compliment. These are the beginnings of adultery. For deep down, they, 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 they say that the wife or the, or the husband that God has already given you is not enough. You desire more. But Jesus, he wants you to take the vows of matrimony seriously. Whether you made them or, or the one that you are flirting with made them. This is why he says this in verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and, and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. In the ancient times, and even in some modern countries, people have been spared the death penalty by being dismembered instead. A thief would have his hand cut off. Someone who spoke against the king, inciting rebellion, might have their tongue cut out. A, a violent man such as Samson could, could have their eyes removed, restraining further aggression. And yet their lives... Were spared. This is a, the point that Jesus is getting at. It is better for you to gouge out your eye, this eye that causes you to sin, than to be thrown into hell. It is better for you to cut off this hand, this hand that is trying to steal another man's wife, than for your whole body to go into hell. Jesus is pointing out the seriousness of the sin of adultery. Now, he is using hyperbole when he says these things. He wasn't really expecting his disciples to mutilate themselves. 
Peter and Andrew didn't go off and cut off their hands and gouge out their eyes. And honestly, if this is what Jesus meant for us to do, there would be a lot of one-eyed, one-handed Christians stumbling around. But Jesus, he wanted to make certain that his disciples knew both the depth and the gravity of this sin. The depth being more than just committing the physical act, but being the lustful intent within the heart. The gravity being more than just some innocent, innocent flirtation, but being a sin worthy of the punishment of hell. You see, it is, it is no different than my, than my disobedience against my, my father when I was a kid. I followed the letter of the law to a T. But when it came to the heart of the law, I was wicked to the core. I wanted to play that forbidden game and still tell my dad that I was an obedient son. This is what we do with lust. Because it's internal, we, we think that we can get away with it. But lust is the seed of adultery. We saw this earlier in our, in our scripture reading from Proverbs, Proverbs 6, verses 25 through 29. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread, and the adulteress preys upon your very life. Can a man scoop fire onto his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. You see, we, we like to flirt with the edge. How far can we go without getting burned? It's like that, that husband who, who searches for pornographic videos on his computer. He tells himself, no harm, no foul. But in his heart of hearts, he knows that he has planted the seeds of adultery. It, it's like Audrey in that video that we watched. What did she say? I thought I could have this guy flirting with me. Nothing would ever happen. But then it did. Listen, the, the adultery didn't start when they did the act. It began long before. Friends, these commands of God, they go deeper than you think. It's more than just outward obedience. You see, we, we read God's law and we come to these commands like do not murder and do not commit adultery. And we think that God is speaking to someone else. Of course I don't murder. Of course I don't cheat on my wife. But when you see the heart of these commands, what you will discover is that is that you are deeply immersed in sin. These laws are, are not talking about someone else. No, they are talking about you. Christ wants you to stop playing games. 
Stop negotiating with God's commands and come to the realization that, that deep down you are playing with fire. In your heart of hearts, you know that you are guilty. And your only hope, your only way to avoid such severe judgment is to be cleansed from within. You need your sins paid for, and you need a righteousness that is not your own. And this can only be found in one man. And the one whose right eye did not cause him to sin. And, and the one who, whose right hand is blameless. And the one who, who took hold of your lustful intentions and crucified them when he went to the cross and shed his own blood. And the one who rose from the dead and now gives to you victory through his word and through his Holy Spirit as he teaches you to crucify your own lusts. How does he do this? By giving you a new eye to replace the one that you have gouged out. He helps you to look at a woman or to look at a man, not with lustful intent, but as they truly are. One who is created in God's image. One who doesn't belong to you, but belongs to him. One who is so loved that he went to the cross for them as well. Once you look at a woman or, or look at a man with that lens, then you will no longer want to follow the letter of the law, but the heart of it. Because that's how Jesus sees each and every one of you. Brothers, sisters, you are not an object to be, to be possessed for sexual pleasure, but you are formed in His likeness, worthy of both dignity and love. This is why Jesus went to the cross for you and died for your sins in order to free you from your lustful passions, in order to give you a new heart. Let us pray. Father, we confess that in our hearts we are sinful and depraved. We lust after things that are, that are not ours to possess. We forsake vows that we have made and then tell ourselves that we are fine. Help us to repent of these things. Send to us your Holy Spirit so that we might be cleansed from within. Help us to listen to your Son who, who teaches us the heart of your law. We pray this in his name. Amen.